2: Hello, Cherries fans, and welcome to this latest show here on Up the Cherries in All Departments. So, we are the other side of an international break now. Um, Of course, England drew against the Ukraine, beat Scotland. Standard, isn't it? Standard. Um, And we do have a game coming up against Chelsea. It doesn't get any easier. Um, Chelsea, Brighton, then Arsenal. What a fixture list. Well... To preview this game, we have got a very, very special guest. Now, my special guest actually played with Diego Maradona. He's also part of one of the top soaps in the UK, EastEnders, during the golden years. And also is involved in poker and a number as well of pantomimes throughout the years as well. It is a pleasure to welcome on to Up the Cherries in All Departments, Michael Greco. Welcome to the show, Michael. How are you doing?
3: I'm very well, thank you. Very, very well. Um, um, I'm looking forward to uh, this weekend, the Premiership Football coming. I don't like, I don't like the uh, international breaks, I have to say, especially so early in the season. There's going to be another one in a month's time. It's so boring, so dull. It
2: is, isn't it? And let's be honest, you know, the the Ukraine game, you know, was quite interesting. England did play very well. But The Scotland game, I think we're head and shoulders above them. Absolutely.
3: Listen, everyone's got their opinions about Gareth Southgate and the England team, but that talent, that bunch of talent right there on the bench and some who aren't even in the squad for injury or one reason or another, that is the talent that should win the Euros next year, and then the following World Cup. They have the talent, and if you can get a manager, maybe it's Carl Southgate, to gel them all together, England are favourites by far. There's no other team in the world that any other team would fear more than England because of those players.
2: Yeah, and I got to agree with you because I think you know Jude Bellingham. You look at oh. Jude Bellingham and Grealish and players like that, Foden. <laughs> you know, this is a Golden age, really, of English football. You know, is. A lot of people go on about the 2000s and the Beckham's and players like that who were great in their own right. But this, I think, really is a golden age that we've. Yeah, got this epitomises
3: them. I think the squad is a lot stronger than it was back in in that, in that day. There was a great starting eleven back then when we should have done better. But this, there's there's a better 23, 24 men squad, and I think. England have the talent more than any other country in the world right now. The only thing I would say that's missing is a, is a really class, first-class centre-back. Um, but uh, other than that, because goalkeeper Jordan Pickford, let's face it, has kept Everton up the last couple of seasons and uh, is world-class goalkeeper as well. In fact, there's, a, there's probably four or five players, I would say now, that England are called world-class. Yeah. You know, and that never used to be the case.
2: Yeah. No, definitely. And, you know, hopefully, fingers crossed, you're right, because um, I would love to see it in my lifetime. And we've seen so many near misses, haven't we? <laughs> I
3: know. <laughs> so, well, I'm Italian, so I, I've had the best of both worlds. So, well, uh... yeah,
2: exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, we might as well quickly go to that. But back in 2021, mm. um, were you siding towards England? or were you I'm not going to lie. I...
3: My friend, uh, a Scottish guy, was obviously rooting against England, and he had a box at Wembley, and invited me along. Um, And obviously, I had to side with Italy. It's a weird one, because all my relatives and Italian friends would kill me if I sided with England. And yet all all the English fans and people in this country would go, you were born here, blah, blah, blah. So it's very difficult to be in that situation. You know, so either team, for me, I would have been happy to win. Um, So I was gutted England lost. I have to say I was gutted they lost and they shouldn't have lost. But equally, on the flip side, I was quite pleased that Italy won.
2: No, that's fair enough. Of course, you are a Chelsea fan.
3: Mm.
2: Um, How did you become a supporter of the club?
3: Funny, back in the 70s, I used to love Ray Wilkins, um, who yeah. subsequently later in life became a friend of mine. Um, and he was, you know, great for England. He started at Chelsea in his early professional life, went on to Man United, and the rest was history. And he was, a, was, he was a great player. I loved him, and I just loved Chelsea for what they stood for back then. You know, we weren't a great side, really dodgy stadium. I never went to any of the games. I was a bit of an armchair supporter. In fact, the first time I went to see a game was probably ninety five, ninety six when... Glenn Hoddle and Viali, that kind of era. Yeah. And I became more interested. I, I've always loved football. It's my number one passion, and I will love, love football to the day I die. But I came even more in love with Chelsea when Viali became our manager because Gianluca Viali was a hero of mine growing up as an Italian boy. And I've named my kid after him, not necessarily after him, but I love the name Gianluca. So I named my little boy Gianluca. And when he became the manager and started to attract all these different Italian players, you know, we've had six Italian managers, six or seven, I think it's six. And, uh, you know, and it's, so there's a lot of Chelsea supporters who are Italian now as well. And um, yeah, so it was from the early seventies.
2: And of course, um, as you mentioned, there was a lot of Italian players that come through Chelsea. Mm. Um, Zola was another one that, you know, springs to mind, you know, who would you say are your favourite ones? Favourite Chelsea players who are Italian?
3: Uh, who are Italian? It's yeah. got to be Zola. It's got to be the top. Followed mm-hmm. by Viali and probably Di Matteo, I would say, the top three. Yeah. And my favourite Italian players. Um, they're the three that spring to mind because they are such an impact. In fact, Viali had, I think, the best goals-to-game ratio. Uh, are still, still stands, I think, even though Lampard's got the goals record. But goals-to-game ratio, I'm sure... I've read that somewhere that Vialli's got the best. Um, he has such an impact, God rest his soul. He was such a lovely man, you know, uh, and, um, yeah, died far too soon. But, yeah, they're, they're my yeah. top three Italian players.
2: Yeah, excellent. Well, um, we will come back to Chelsea in a bit. And also, sure. uh, we will come to also a time when you managed to play with um, Zola as well himself yeah mentioned that um but let's go on to your acting career and of course um you were well known for your role as beppe in eastenders during Mm -hmm. the late 90s early noughties um how did your acting career come about
3: i went to uh well i did a levels had a really good uh school education i should have gone to university really because my grades were great. And uh, at the time when computers are starting to become quite prevalent in, the, in society, I had that kind of computer brain and uh, mathematical brain, but I wanted to be an actor. So I took a year out and then went to drama school, Guildford School of Acting. And then started off in theater, which was my first love. I loved doing theater and um, got a few TV roles. And I was doing a show called All's Well That Ends Well, Shakespeare Play, touring England with the Oxford Stage Company. And I got a call to, uh, they wanted to see me. I was in Taunton doing the, doing the tour, Taunton and Somerset. And they said, look, they want to see you tomorrow to, to play a new policeman in, in EastEnders. But that's the audition for the morning. And then straight after that, mm-hmm. they want to see you for a policeman to play a policeman in the bill, same day. So I drove up the next morning, did the audition for the bill, just drove over to L Street, did the audition for EastEnders, drove back to Taunton. On the way back to Taunton, both, had said, they want to see you again tomorrow as a recall. I thought, oh, God. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Somerset is not exactly down the road, is it? Yeah. So um, I then went back to uh, the Bill audition, then went back to EastEnders audition. And on the way back to the theatre, they both offered me the same. Uh, the, yeah, both I, I, basically the Bill and EastEnders offered me the role. Mm-hmm. They both offered me two-year contracts. And so I had to choose which one I wanted to do. And, um, I mean, at the time, there was no competition, really, because I thought... EastEnders was everyone's favourite program. It was my mum's favourite program. Everyone watched it. it. Had twenty million viewers. Um, financially, it was it was it was a lot better because I was a broke actor, basically, and me and was probably like ten grand in debt. Um, and so, yeah, and then and the rest is history. Talking
2: about golden eras, I think that the era that you was in EastEnders within um, was the golden era for the soap for me growing yeah. up. Watching it, um, you know. To be honest, you had the likes of Phil Mitchell, yourself, um, yeah. Steve Owen. Um, yeah, I've got. I, I'll make. I'll make an admission now, Michael. I yeah. did have a picture of Michelle Ryan on my wall. Did you Alex Slater. I did. Uh, yes, yes, I did. She is
3: gorgeous, though. Michelle. She's a, yeah. She was a lovely girl as well. She, yeah, she's a yeah. beautiful, beautiful girl. Yeah. Um, but
2: what do you? What do the other actors and actresses think? from that time of their period in the soap? I've
3: been mean, thinking, you right, it was the golden era. I think mean, television's changed a lot. You know, back then we pretty much had four channels. We didn't really yeah. have, we didn't have Netflix, we didn't have YouTube, we didn't have a lot of programmes on Sky. Sky was just coming into it. So there were really only four channels. You know, Channel 4 was quite late introduced in the 80s, I think Channel 4 was, and then Channel 5 was in the 90s. Yeah. So, you know, we didn't really have many channels and ITV and BBC dominated people's Mm -hmm. viewing. And um, it was a ritual. People would sit down, half past seven, uh, EastEnders, eight o'clock Coronation Street, sit down with the family, you know, and the tune would come on. You'd sit down and people would watch the omnibus um, which was great. They, even people who'd watch EastEnders during the week would still watch the Omnibus because they'd be hungover from a night out, you know, <laughs> watch the Omnibus and everyone would fall asleep in front of the telly. Listen, EastEnders was never the most enjoyable, um, comedic um, programme because I think people loved watching EastEnders and maybe still now, I haven't, I haven't seen it for a while. Maybe they watched EastEnders because it made their lives feel a lot better. You know, and uh, but some of the storylines were fantastic. I was involved in a storyline with Grant Mitchell and Tiffany. It yeah. was a love love triangle, and the scenes I used to have with the Mitchell brothers were were quite quite close to the bone. Let's say, mm-hmm. um, me and the guy who played my brother came in, and the Mitchell brothers had been there probably ten years, something like that, and we were the new kids on the block, and they didn't like it. Let's just say you know the, the Mitchell brothers didn't like it and the actors didn't like it um we took some of, <clears throat> some of their thunder and um there were a little couple of little incidents which I'm not sure whether I should go into but um there were the golden era because the storylines were great the writing was great the actors were great there were a lot of yeah you know, there was people like Barbara Windsor there Wendy Richards who played Pauline Fowler uh Doc Cotton obviously Patsy Palmer, Bianca, you know, Ricky, there's some great, great characters, you know, and I, mm-hmm. I I, I just don't think it has that same appeal now. But then, like I said, television's different now. So if we had 20 million viewers a day, I think they've probably got two or three million viewers now. Yeah.
2: Would you ever go back to EastEnders, considering that you were such a well-loved character?
3: I would. Uh, funnily enough, I live close to the studios now. I live 20 minutes just up the road from the studios, whereas before I used to live quite far away and it was a bit of a, a ball ache to travel there on the M25. But um, now I live so close and I have a little boy, it would be a perfect job to go to. Uh, I've never really wanted to go back in a sense that I always think you should never go back. But if they say, look, we'd like you to come back for a few months, six months or something, and a great new storyline, then I'd be stupid to say no. But funnily enough, my career has taken off over the last couple of years now Um, it's going to come to fruition I think this year next year Um, so we shall see
2: Excellent stuff and of course you did play alongside Mark Bannerman um, Mm. who was Gianni Um, and you also had two younger sisters in the DiMarco family Um, do you keep in contact with any of them?
3: Uh, we had a reunion, me and my Thank two you. sisters and my mum, a 25 year reunion. We hadn't seen each other for 25 years. Now the girl who plays played my younger sister. She was 14 or 13, 14 at the time. Yeah. And it was her 40th the other day, so you can imagine I hadn't seen her since she was 14, 15 years old, and then and then and then I saw her just before her 40th birthday. It's just mad because she's now got a yeah. 14 year old girl. So we had a reunion, which was fantastic. Uh, um, Mark Bannerman he couldn't make it. So it was just the four of us Mm -hmm. and it was great catching up. I think um, Louise Jameson, who plays my mum, she's now in Emmerdale and the other sister uh, has moved to Los Angeles and she's an actress over there. So it was great to to have a reunion. And I think one of the reasons probably may haven't, haven't been asked to go back to EastEnders is that I haven't got any family there. So there's no connection. Yeah. I mean, if they want you to go back, they'll find a connection, but um yeah, it's it's very difficult to bring someone back when there's no real connection there. Was it
2: hard to let Pepe go as a character when you did leave the soap?
3: Um, I was glad to see the back of him, to be honest, because I'm very much a jobbing actor. You know, I like to move mm-hmm. on and do different things. Yeah. Um, so I just, I filmed um, last year, the new Hunger Games film, the, the, the prequel to the Hunger oh, Games, yeah. which comes out, well, hopefully in November, but because of the writers' strike in Hollywood, it may be... Mm-hmm postponed till next year Um, so I've got a nice little role in that I've got another uh, show that comes out on Netflix soon and um, so things are going really well so even though it was good to see the back of Beppe to actually Mm -hmm. recreate him again would be great but uh, I I don't think I I haven't been asked to go back so and virtually everyone's been asked to go back other than my character so I don't think it's going to happen ever.
2: No, fair enough. And your show on uh, Netflix, I did have a little look, actually. Is
3: that Cleopatra? That's it. Yep, Queen Cleopatra.
2: Yep, excellent. Good stuff. So do check that out as well, guys, on Netflix. Um, What I did want to go on to next as well is something, and believe it or not, I remembered this. You know, as soon as I reached out to you, I did remember this. And you was involved in quite a big football match. Back yeah. in 2006. How it all come about was I was up in Manchester with an ex-girlfriend years and years and years ago. It's 2006. And um, she went to the Girls Loud concert. And, of right. course, I thought, what do I do, you know, in Manchester? And, of course, Soccer Aid was on. The first yeah, one. The first, first one. one. And, of course, she played in that as well. It Go is. on, tell us the whole story.
3: Well, I was in Barcelona playing poker because I was a professional poker player and I still yes. play. And um, I was playing in the European Tour event and uh, I was doing really well. It was late at night and the the guy who I used to play, I used to play football with Anton Deck, Robbie Williams, Johnny Wilkes, quite a few slips, <clears throat> Craig David, Ralph Little. We all used to play on Wednesday night under the Westway in West London. And so we were all good friends and, and their, their director was a guy called David S- David, I can't remember. Anyway, this guy, David, calls me up, uh, texts me about 11 o'clock at night, says, where are you? I said, I'm in Barcelona playing poker. He said, would you love to play in the soccer aid?" Because Eddie, um, the racing car driver, um, Eddie jo- not Eddie Jordan, was it Eddie Jordan? The racing car driver, the Irish guy, had, 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 had an injury and we needed a replacement and there's no one better. I was like, okay, when do you want me? He goes, well, we start training tomorrow morning in Fulham. I was like, Great, I'll be on the first flight in the morning from Barcelona. So I went all in with my chips. I don't know if you know poker. And I won the pot. It was a massive pot. I was like, oh, my God. And I kept going all in with rubbish. And I kept winning. I was like, 20 grand to the winner here. But eventually I lost. I went to the Barcelona airport, got the first flight out, about half past five in the morning, Mm -hmm. flew over to England and uh, and met um, most of the team. Now, if I tell you my team, you will go, wow. So we had Peter Schmeichel in goal. We had Desai, being a big Chelsea fan. You know, mm-hmm. he was centre-back. Uh, Mateus, who won the World Cup with Germany. Yeah. Dunga, who played mm-hmm. for Brazil, captain of Brazil. Janola. Yeah. Hullet. Um, who else can I say before I get to the last two? Um, some others will come to me. Zola. It was obviously yep. one of my Chelsea heroes. And none other than Maradona playing. Yes. And me. And a th- two or three other celebs. I played left back. And there was one point um, when Clive, T- Clive Tilsley was a commentator. He said, uh, Greco, Greco to Maradona to Greco. I mean, you know, that should be my ringtone, really. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I remember being sat next to Maradona in the old Trafford dressing room in the in the, in the way end. Dressing room, and uh, he was sat next to me, and he rolled up a pair of his socks at half time, and he started doing kick ups with them next to me. And I was like, "Wow!" I mean, I'm, I'm a good footballer. I was a good footballer, but my I was yeah. terrible at kick ups. Like I, I had great skill and I at great speed, but doing kick ups, I was dreadful. And I was just in awe that there was Maradona, probably the greatest footballer that ever lived, next to me doing kick ups. You know, um, and it was the greatest day of my life playing other than my child being born. It was the greatest day of my life, playing in, 70, in front of 75,000 people, walking out of that tunnel just behind Maradona.
2: Yeah, it was absolutely amazing as well. And passing the ball to Maradona mm. and then getting the ball passed back to you,
1: Incredible. Um,
2: you know, is something else. It shows that you are a good football player because at the end of the day, if Maradona didn't think that, he would have passed Yeah, off. that's I would right. I, <laughs> I know.
3: I played for 90 minutes, so they must—they kept me on. So they must have thought, well, we've got to have some celebs on there, so we'll just keep him on. I was knackered afterwards. I mm-hmm. couldn't walk for a week. But one of my favourite memories was during um, during training for the for the week leading up to the match. Franco Zola, John Franco Zola, would teach me how to take a proper free kick. <clears throat> and I just thought, this is just so weird, you know, a guy that I've, I've just looked looked at and just followed for the, since he's been at Chelsea and how great he, a player he was for Chelsea. He was teaching me how to take a proper free kick. You know, it was stuff that just dreams are made of, basically. My dad, who was Italian, passed away before he could watch the game. And if he had seen me playing with Maradona, because we're from Naples, you see, and Maradona is like a god in Naples, and my dad adored Maradona if you could see that, I was playing with Maradona and Zola. It been the proudest day of his life. <laughs> <laughs> it's an in-
2: absolutely incredible story, Michael. And, mm. you know, um honestly, it's incredible just to watch it, to be honest, to be there, to actually watch the game, but to actually yeah. have played on that same pitch. Mm. Wow.
3: I had to mark Les Ferdinand, which at <laughs> the time, he was only a two or three years older than me and still could play. And let me tell you, those elbows, they went close to my nose many a time. And then I had to mark Gascoigne, Paul Gascoigne, who still had it. You know, yeah. these players, even though they haven't got the pace, they've got the skill and the know-how to just run rings around you.
2: Les Ferdinand had just recently retired as well, hadn't he? He was... Yeah, that's what I mean. You
3: yeah, and they, I mean, honestly, I can't tell. I was a good player, but I am lower, 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 lower league compared to a professional footballer even the league two league one guys are far beyond an amateur but a Mm. professional like Les Ferdinand who just finished a couple of years before that I mean come on Paul Gascoigne one of the greatest English players that ever lived no chance Greco no chance but I did hold my own I have to say
2: exactly exactly (laughs) and you've you've always got that memory always holding your own always surely you'd do that again wouldn't you If soccer aid come calling, yeah,
3: all day long. I mean, I'm nearly fifty-four and I'm still fit. I can still run, yeah. Um, But I would do that again um, all day long, yeah. Yeah,
2: I don't think it would ever surpass that, though. The first time, and you know, playing with those players.
3: No, I don't think unless you got Messi or Ronaldo to play in a soccer aid. I don't think you can ever surpass Maradona. No, you know, most definitely, especially for me, being a big Chelsea fan. Because you had Desai and Zola next to me as well. It's very difficult to surpass that. Maybe John Terry, you know, I think John yeah. Terry is one of my uh, favorite ever Chelsea players because he was just so good. Yeah, he yes. was so good. He was just, pro- I'm being biased here, but I think he's probably England's greatest ever centre back. Only because, and I'll tell you why, because I've watched him since he was a young kid, he could knock a 40 yard ball with his left or right foot and it would hit you straight where you wanted it. He's Look at how many goals he scored. He scored so many goals as a defender. His skill, his touch, was superb. And yet, he was a brilliant header of the ball. wasn't the quickest. He wasn't a Rio Ferdinand. But, wow, he could read the game. He could read the game.
2: Yeah,
3: most definitely.
2: Most definitely. And, of course, the squad was managed as well by Ruud Hillett. And, of course, Gus Poyet yeah. was his assistant as well. So... You know, what an experience that is. Yeah. I know you did mention there as well, you are, well, were a professional poker player mm. and still play to this day. Yeah. Um, but I was having a little look at your stats as well on this front. And they're pretty impressive since you started playing poker in, was it 2005,
3: 2004? Yeah, it was something like that, 2005. Um, I became sponsored. I made three World Series final tables. Um, yeah. Came very close to winning a bracelet, coveted bracelet. Just got very unlucky. When you, when you get to a final, the skill, for me, the skill factor is leading up to a final table. And When you get to a final table, you're pretty much all in pre-flop with a, on, a, on a race, ace-king versus queens, ace-king versus jacks, or something like that. And you, you just got to win those races because there are so many chips. The blinds get so big that um, if you win those races, you win tournaments. And uh, I I lost one, I was third in in a huge event. I won a quarter of a million dollars, did the winner got 650,000 and I just lost the race. I had had ace 10, the guy had pocket sevens and I didn't hit my ace or 10. Otherwise he goes out, I get in the top two and I could have won 650 grand. So yeah, I still play now. I live in Hertfordshire near Luton Casino, so I play there. Every now and then, and still do really well, you know. It's I do more of a as a hobby then, but back now, but back then it was it was I was earning a good living. I think it was
2: two. Was it two thousand nine when you? I think it was you come third, didn't you in the? Yeah, that's that's the one. Yeah, that's
3: one of. Yeah, that's the one I was telling you about the World Series of Poker. Yeah, the main event final table came third. Um, Yeah,
2: Yeah, incredible story as well. Um, You know, to go from an, and do you feel that your time as an actor, you know, helped you when you do get to that final table? You know, maybe when you're trying to bluff mm. through things, do you think it helps at all?
3: I don't think you have that much of an edge because the greatest players who tend to get to final tables show no emotion. They're great, yeah. you know. They they really do have poker faces. It's a cliche, but they show no emotion whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Some amateurs or some people who've got to the table who've been quite lucky do show their emotion, by the way they, um, just by someone breathing, just by their pulse in their neck and mm-hmm. their eyes. You know that's why people wear sunglasses because their the eyes give away a lot. Yeah, the eyes give away a lot, and um, and some people can't handle it, so they have to wear sunglasses. I think it should be banned, especially on a final table, because mm-hmm. poker. I can't play online. You see, I can't, I can't play online. I've never won online. Mm-hmm. Um. And because uh, I'm good at reading people, reading the situation. Yeah. You know, I have a good sixth sense of the situation, whether I think someone's bluffing or not. <clears throat> that was my forte. And of
2: course, during this time as well, um, you were in Pantomime, and I actually did uh, <laughs> Pantomime at Paul Lighthouse. Yeah. Um, which I believe, was it
3: Aladdin back then? It was Aladdin. I was Abenaza. Yes. Yeah, I loved it. It was my second ever Panto. And I stayed in a place in Bournemouth, my friend's flat, <clears throat> and I'll drive to, to pool every day. Beautiful, beautiful place, you know, down by the, down by the sea and the, uh, the marina and everything. Yeah, incredible. Such a beautiful place. I loved it.
1: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer.
2: And you still do Panto to this very day, um, I believe. Was it last year as well? You was yep. the part of Jafar in Aladdin as well.
3: Yeah. I, so I've done Panto three times now. And I did it again last year for the first time since mm-hmm. since I did it in pool. Yeah. Um, took a break from it because it, it's a long, hard slog at Christmas time. And um, you're there for five to six weeks, two to three shows a day. Yeah. And, um, and it, it's a real hard story, don't get me wrong, the money is fantastic, but for me these days, it's not that I've got loads of money, I haven't, but uh, money's not the most important thing in my life. My little boy is, you know, and seeing him, not being able to see him most of December was, was tough because he was, at the time, he was only one. Um, and so not seeing him grow up and take his first steps is always tough. Being a dad now, I have so many more priorities. So, and he's my number one priority. So, I won't be doing Panto this year because actually, I'm doing a tour of uh, a play called The 12 Angry Men, which we start mm-hmm. rehearsals in a few weeks' time. So, it hopefully, it might go down towards Bournemouth and Paul area. So, I'll see. We haven't had the schedule yet, but I start touring in that for seven or eight months. And that's going to be tough being away from him. But, you know, it's, it's work and it's, 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 it's got to pay the bills.
2: No, very true. I, I do understand exactly where you're coming from. As a father of two, you know, it can, mm-hmm. it's very, very difficult when you're having to work away and, you know, when you don't see the children for so long.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. He's hes everything to me. He's hes my whole life. You know, the love I have for that boy is like nothing I've ever experienced. And he's already loving football. He's loving golf. We play golf in the back garden. He's a proper little sportsman already. Um, and, uh, yeah, hopefully he's going to make a, a good. I'd, I, I think he's. I'd like love him to do well at school. I don't want him to be an actor, that's for sure. But if he can be a sportsman, a golfer, or footballer, then great. Chelsea fan. Chelsea fan. Oh, absolutely. My stepson, who lives, <laughs> I live with my 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 missus has got two kids, and uh, mm-hmm. my stepson is is a, a Spurs fan. So let let's just leave it there.
2: Yeah, fair enough. Might have to convert. <laughs> <laughs>
3: There is no <laughs> way my son, my real son, is going to be any, anything but a Chelsea fan. Put it that way. I
2: don't blame him, Michael. Bears I don't blame him. The to...
3: last team that he will support.
2: <laughs> well, let's go on to the football. Um, yeah. Because, of course, Chelsea, it was a rotten year last year, wasn't it? Let's be, yeah, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. What went wrong? Because Thomas Tuchel, mm. at the start of the season... I thought that Chelsea were going to go far. I thought Chelsea were going to do very, very well. I think everyone
3: did. It just, yeah.
2: The wheels just fell off.
3: There are a number of reasons why. I'll tell you what, Thomas Tuchel, something happened um, <clears throat> backstage, as it were, with the owners. So it wasn't to do with the on-field performances because I think we'd drawn in the Champions League with uh, Zagreb. Um, we hadn't started brilliantly in the league, but it wasn't the worst start. It had only been a few games. Yeah, We still have faith in We just won the Champions League, for God's sake. Um, but that means nothing to Chelsea, as you know, because dimatteo got sacked having won the Champions League. Um, but we still love Tuchel, Still, I still love him to this day. So something's happened backstage. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Chelsea, the whole upheaval with the new, the, the, the new owner and a lot of his decisions of, what his, of who he's bought have been dreadful. Yeah. Don't get me started about Cucurella and Lukaku. Two of Chelsea's worst value for money signings we've ever made. Ever, mm-hmm. hundred and sixty-five million for those two is just a joke. Is a joke. Um, I think Cucurella is the worst player Chelsea have ever signed. Not just because of the sixty-five million, but as far as talents concerned, he might prove me wrong this year. But what I saw of him last year. Brighton must be laughing to the bank when they sold him for that amount of money. He has he, he been a joke. He looks like someone who's won a spot-the-ball competition and is able to play for Chelsea. You know, he he plays with his hair more than he does the ball, and it infuriates me. I think he's useless. I might get a few people come back at me going, no, he's just saying, no, I'm sorry, I'm a good judge of a character. And unless he really progresses... I don't think he'll get a start. I don't think he started well with Pochettino. I'm not sure. He's not started a game yet, I don't think. Maybe no. in the maybe in the um, League Cup against Luton. I think he's uh, against... Um, who Wimbledon, he
1: is
3: not it? Wimbledon, yeah. I think he yeah. started them. But I think so last year, a lot of things went wrong. Um, mm-hmm. There was no foundation. There were no true leaders. We had too many flair players. <clears throat> we didn't have a, a Diego Costa up front, a Drogba. Um, the whole thing about Chelsea over the last 15 to 20 years of our success is we've had goals from every position on the pitch. Yeah. And Chelsea weren't having that. The midfielders, you know, you would have Lampard, Malouda, Kalu, all these people in the midfield that would score umpteen goals. We didn't have any of that last year. I think our top goal scorer at some one point was Rhys James, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. who I love, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, we weren't scoring goals. The confidence was shot. We were bringing in manager after manager. Graham Potter wasn't the right fit for Chelsea. Great manager, did well at Brighton. Wasn't a Chelsea manager from the beginning. I really wanted him to do well. English yeah. manager, first in English manager other than Frank since Glenn Hoddle. I, I was like, really, really wanted him to do well. I thought, come on, Graham, let's do this. Mm-hmm. Didn't take off. Didn't like his attitudes on, on the bench. Oh. Mm-hmm. Didn't show enough passion in his interviews. Didn't show enough care. I just thought, it's not a Chelsea manager. Now we've got Pochettino, and we haven't started brilliantly this year. But I think I I, I certainly have faith in him, because he's been there, seen it, done it. Nearly won the Champions League with Spurs. um, Did brilliantly well uh, that year. They came third at the end to Arsenal, didn't they, in Leicester? Yeah. In fact, I was at the game where we drew two-all with mm-hmm. Spurs at Stamford Bridge, and that kind of stopped Spurs winning the league, which was great. It was our cup final yeah. that year. And I was right behind where Hazard curls the ball into the top corner and run, slides on his knee towards the Spurs fans. It was the greatest moment. Honestly, if any Spurs fans are watching this, they will hate me. Hate me because of my hatred for Spurs. Any Chelsea fans listening will love me because they know exactly what I'm talking about.
2: Yeah, um, I remember it. <laughs> I do
3: remember, remember it, it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we, we pretty much put a stop to Spurs winning the league. Um, and then Arsenal pipped them at the end, didn't they? That was our cup final that year. All we yeah. wanted to do was... We were losing 2-0 at half-time. I was livid. <laughs> we were all livid. We were like, oh my God, this is useless. And then Chelsea just came out firing. There were about 12 yellow cards that day. And I was—I used to be good friends with Fabregas. And uh, I saw him afterwards because we all went for some food. I went, wow, that was a battle. He went said he's never been in a game like it. It was almost as if Pochettino went go out there and just kill him. go out there and I want every one of you to get a yellow card, not a red card a yellow card it was it was it was a battle the biggest yeah. battle I've ever seen on a football pitch
2: of course um you have had two defeats so far this season hmm. one against West Ham one against forest um yeah. and Cena is in charge of the club. Um, <coughs> do you feel is have you got faith
3: in him? After? Absolutely. Yes, yeah, yeah. it's, it's early days for me. If you look at the games we played against Liverpool, we were we were the better team and should yeah. have won that game. Should have won that game. We had a lot of possession, um, just couldn't finish. Again, the same story from last year against West Ham. The Fernandez penalty um, at the end of. Uh, half-time, should have scored, missed it. Yeah. West Ham came out firing. Could have been another, you know, should have been another win. We we dominated that game again. Second half, West Ham came out and they did well. And um, they really, they took it to Chelsea and, and won the game. Um, I went to the Luton game. Chelsea my first home game for a while because I've been very busy. And we looked impressive. We looked really impressive. Um, Luton played okay, you know, for a team that's, that's trying to find their way. Um, I hope Luton survive, because my missus is a Luton supporter. I really hope they survive. But Chelsea played really well, you know, and and Jackson looked great. Sterling started unbelievably well. I didn't see the Forest game and I didn't see the highlights, but by all accounts, Chelsea didn't play well and couldn't finish. So, you know.
2: I was going to actually come on to Nicholas Jackson, because Mm. um, as you probably will know, we actually had it pretty much signed, sealed, delivered, and then he failed his medical.
3: I remember, yeah.
2: And I'm guessing that Chelsea fans are quite impressed by him so far.
3: Yeah, I'm impressed by him. His work rate is is great. I think he's got a lot of pressure on him because he he literally wants to be the next Strogba. Being an African yeah. player as well, <clears throat> he wants to be in the next Jobber, and that's that's big boots to feel to be in the next yeah. but You have got to win us the Champions League, mate. You know, in the 89th minute header and a penalty, to be in the next job But I think he's, he's got potential. I really do. I'm looking forward to um, Broja to come back, coming back because he's been away, and he's he's he, he's a great player. He just needs confidence in his game time. Um, but we do lack, of all the money we spent, you know, we just lack, and everyone says it, we lack a real number nine tour de force. And I'm hoping Jackson can be that. I really do. I think he's got the potential. I'm not sure if it's going to be this year, but he's definitely got the potential. Because I remember when Drogba first came, even though he'd done well in France, when he first came to Chelsea, the first year he was terrible. He was like a dog chasing a balloon. Couldn't control the ball. His first touch was Mm -hmm. awful. And I remember the fans, because when I my seasons again, they let Matthew Harding stand. We were on at him all the time. Even I mm. was, you know, he and he was arguing with the fans because he, you know, he, he was trying, but he just couldn't do it. He couldn't adapt to the Premier League. And then the second season, bang. Wow. That was it. So, yep. you know, maybe Jackson, hopefully, hopefully he'll hit the ground running uh, after this this week coming. But, you know, we'll see. i
2: got to mention, and I know it's going to be quite a sore subject um Mm. todd bowley the -hmm. money spent the contracts over a number of years
3: Mm.
2: there's a lot of criticism from other premier league clubs but in a way i think yes okay you know you could say that it's a little bit unfair but secondly he's found a loophole he's found a loophole that he can exploit and in a way if that loophole's there if Bill Foley was doing that for Bournemouth, we would be absolutely delighted to have all yeah. these players coming in. What are Chelsea fans' views of what's happening? Are you worried that something is going to happen?
3: I'm I'm worried that the billion pounds that they've spent mm-hmm. uh, hasn't been spent wisely. I think a lot of players that have come in, I mean, Mudrick, for example, <clears throat> looks a great talent. All I've seen is the first 10 minutes when he came on against Liverpool. That's all I've seen. Yeah. Um, he's lost. He's shattered of confidence. Caicedo, fantastic for me. Didn't play well against Luton, but he wasn't fit, wasn't match fit. But you could tell he's great. And I yeah. think he's going to be brilliant. Fernandez, I think he's going to be the next greatest Chelsea player if he stays at Chelsea, because he is a baller an absolute baller. Yeah. still think we lack, even though, even though Levi Cole was a fantastic player, he's still very young. And if Thiago Silva can, you know, how long can he go on for? You know, he's 40 nearly. Um, we lack a central defender. We lack a leader, actually. I think we, I don't think, yeah. for me, Rich James is not a captain. Uh-huh. Um, even though he's a great player and I love him, he's not He's not a leader. We, we're, we're looking for another John Terry, basically. Um, so I think a lot of Chelsea fans are, aren't worried, we're not worried about the money. I think what we're worried about is, is this, the amount of money that we've spent. Mm-hmm. Are we going to gel together at some point? You know, is this, Joe, you know what's going to happen at some point? One team, and it could be Bournemouth, could yes. feel the wrath of Chelsea. There could be one game mm-hmm. that it kickstarts and Chelsea get five or six. And that'll kickstart the season. I remember when Conte came his first season <clears throat> We lost, I think, 3-0 against Arsenal. Then I think we lost 3-0 against Liverpool. Then he changed the system. And then we went on a 13-win run and we won the league that year. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not going to say that Pochettino is going to do the same thing because this is a very young squad, very young squad. But I think he's got the talent and I think he's got the, the know-all to, to, to see who's worth it and who's not. So I've got got full faith in Pochettino. I think most most Chelsea fans have. As far as the FFP thing is concerned, there is a loophole, and yeah. they've 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 taken advantage of that, I'm not doing anything wrong. Look, come on, every team in the world, if they could have the money to spend, they're going to spend it. I'm sorry. Look at yeah. Newcastle. What a difference has been for them. You know, Man City. You can say. You have a go at Chelsea. Man City become the greatest team in the world, not just in England, in the world, because of their finance and the number one coach. Um, back in the day, Blackburn, when they won the league, they won it because they bought big players. Um, Abramovich's era, yeah, we won the league because we bought, we bought amazing players. Mm-hmm. you know. And I think that's just the way football's becoming now. Saudi Arabia, they're trying to be, do really well because they're buying all these players. All right, a lot of them are past their best. But that's what they want to do. Unfortunately, money talks. And it's killing the games. It's killing our beautiful game. I love this game. I love football. You know, when people talk about football, you can talk to, I, I can sit in a room with anyone in the world if they speak English and they could have nothing to do with acting. They don't know who I am. They're, they're whoever they are in the world. And if they love football, I could talk to them all day about it. Like I'm talking to you. I could talk about football all day. And I love it. And I'm passionate for my team. I want them to win but it's going to take it's going to take a while it's going to take a while
2: and likewise i I can totally agree with that um one thing I would say is and this is another thing that has popped up is mm. that Graham Potter that he was trying to do something from the building something from the ground up at Chelsea now if this season you know isn't successful and I guess success at Chelsea is Winning something, getting in the Champions League. Yeah. If this season isn't classed as a success, do you stick with Pochettino and because you have got such a young team and mm. leave him just to gel that side together?
3: <coughs> it's difficult to say that because what is success? Top four, winning mm. in the League Cup, winning the FA Cup. Not going to win the league, obviously not going to make top two or three, might make four. Depends how the other teams get on. Um, What is success for Chelsea this season? I don't know. Obviously, we won't do as bad as we did last season. For me, success is seeing a progression in how Chelsea play. Because for years, even though we won stuff, Chelsea were quite boring, boring football. And, you know, last year was the very first time when Chelsea were live on Sky... I, it's the very first time ever I've not watched a Chelsea game because I wanted to watch Arsenal play Man City. I think, I think that was the other game on Sky. Mm-hmm. And Chelsea were playing someone. It was a nothing game. And I didn't want to watch it. It's the first time I've ever not watched my own team because I wanted to watch another game. So for me, success is, is bringing a brand of football back that we can all get excited about. When I went to see Chelsea and Luton, it's the first time I've heard Stamford Bridge so loud for a long, long time um, because we were playing some great football, uh, we were scoring goals and everyone was pulling together and you could see when Chelsea scored they had that camaraderie with them again where you know all the players were there congratulating each other and I loved that yeah. and I think it's just you're just waiting for something to click like Conti did when he got when he won those 13 games on the trot, mm-hmm. he was waiting for something to click and he, he made it click and I'm hoping Pochettino can do something very similar. For me, personally, success would be top four. I'm not worried about a League Cup, uh, Carling Carlin Cup, um, Carabao Cup. I'm not too fussed about an FA Cup. We've won so many of those. For me, for progression, <clears throat> is the challenge for the top four.
2: <clears throat> what do you reckon Todd Bowley wants in, within a couple of years? I'm guessing the title is probably going to be his
3: path. Absolutely absolutely listen Chelsea is a glamorous club he's yeah. got all of his LA buddies and you know I'm ai used to live in LA so I'm an LA Dodgers fan I wear the LA caps and he'll have a lot of celebrities Will Ferrell people like that coming over to watch Chelsea play you know this come and watch my come and watch my team play you know it's kind of like his big toy isn't it you know yeah um and it kind of feels like that at the moment we don't want that this is our club this is Chelsea you know and we want it to get back to its glory days sooner rather than later. But it's going to take time. You know, Man United is suffering. They haven't won a league for a long, long time as well. Arsenal got very close to it last year. Spurs haven't won a cup since 1734. Um, and Liverpool it took them 30 years to win a Premier League. So it takes time. And do you know what? The Premier League is a tough league. It's the toughest league in the world. Only one team can win the league. Only one team can win the FA Cup. Only one team can win the Carling Cup. So... You know, there's not many teams that are going to have great success. Um, but for me, top four is, is I think, I'll, I think I would say Pochettino's prime number one target.
2: I think there's only one time really in the past, you know, 20 years where I could say that a side has emerged from nowhere. And that has to be, and again, another Italian, Claudio mm. Ranieri, um, yeah. former Chelsea manager, and what he did at
3: Leicester as well, mm. yeah, uh, I think that's incredible. Cool. Yeah, he was the tinker man at Chelsea. He was a laughing stock with us, mm-hmm. yeah, In the in the in the first Abramovich era before Mourinho arrived. <clears throat> I do, do. you know who I feel sorry for though? Uh, it was because I remember Leicester were the season before they won something like six or seven games on the bounce to stay up, didn't they? And they yeah, were playing great indeed. football. Yeah. Uh, the manager was who the manager for Bristol City. Pearson. Yeah, Nigel Pearson. And he got sacked, didn't he? Because something happened with his son in Thailand or something. Yes, yeah. Uh, and, it, and it and there was it was you know and actually, that was the same side that he built, you know. And that side, I do believe that side, managed by Nigel Pearson, would have won the league as well. I don't believe mm-hmm. Claudio Ranieri was the magic solution to that team because that team was so good you know, with Mares and Kante. Drinkwater was playing brilliantly at the time as well. Yeah. And uh, the, 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 the defenders and, and Vardy was on fire. You know, they were a great, great side. And maybe, maybe I'm doing Ranieri a disservice, but what I saw at Chelsea with Ranieri, I wasn't impressed for those three or four years he was there. Yeah. No, most definitely.
2: Most definitely. And to be honest, that's quite good. I've never thought of it like that, to be honest, Michael. I've
3: never well, thought about the Leicester Pearson, winning the league. Yeah. Pearson,
2: mm. I, you know, I don't think he gets as much credit for building no. that side as what, you know, he probably deserves actually.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'd love, you'd love to, uh, him to have, have that question, you know, would you think you would have won the league as well that year? I think he would have mm-hmm. said, yeah, because I think he built such a great side because they were playing such great football from the off. Cause they had such a talented side that came from nowhere all those players gelled, you know, and he made them gel the season before. And then they just carried it on. I remember when Arsenal, you know, Arsenal last season was like another Leicester to me. I was thinking, oh, they're going to fade away. No, they're going to fade away. No, they're going to fade away. They eventually did, Arsenal, but Leicester didn't. You know, come Christmas, they were like, "Ah, come January, February, they'd be gone. Come March, they'd be gone. Come April, they'd be gone. Oh my God, they're going to win the league. You know, yeah. and it was like, "Oh my God, they've actually won the league." Um, and I thought that was going to happen to Arsenal, but there were two or three games that they lost a lot of points in. But yeah, I think I think he's a great manager. I think he would have won the league with them.
2: Yeah, no, it's a it's a different spin on that Leicester side. Um, yeah, of course, it's quite sad that they've dropped into the Championship now, but
3: it, sure is, it is is because they're a great side, and you know, the owner yeah. who lost his life. The legacy it lives on they'll be back you know they yeah. they've got such great players there still they kept hold of a lot of them so they'll be back this i i i guarantee i am a betting man as you know and yeah. i would i would put them in the top 2 at least or yeah, so. definitely in the top 6 but i think they'll make top 2
2: yeah yeah i got to agree with you i think they probably win
3: it yeah i think they win, well. win it as well the yeah. championship is a, as everyone knows is a hard league i think preston are... A, a first, and Ipswich are second. You know that can change overnight because anyone can be anyone in that league.
2: Mm-hmm. But I think Leicester will probably have that consistency.
3: Yeah, I at think the so. end of the season. I think so because they've still got the class players there. You know, and and if they keep well, if they have kept hold of them because <clears throat> the window's closed. But I think come uh, January when the window opens again, I think they'll probably be top of the league and they'll strengthen and keep hold of their players.
2: Yeah. Well, fingers crossed for Leicester fans. Mm. But final question, really, and I do this with all my guests. How is it going to go on Sunday? Can Chelsea beat Bournemouth? Or are we going to surprise? Because let's be honest, there's been some classics Mm. on our front throughout the years. Um, And, yeah, probably some games that you don't really want to
3: remember, Michael. No, I mean, you came to the bridge, was it, a couple of years ago or last year and beat us. It was a massive shock. Yeah, Bournemouth are one of those sides like Brentford that you can't help but like, you know. Um, You want them to stay up. I really wanted them to stay up. I really wanted your manager to keep them up. And obviously, subsequently, he's not there anymore. But it's, it's one of those teams that you know... The fans are great fans. I love Bournemouth as a city, to be honest, or as a town. I love it. It's just a great place to go out drinking for a start. Yeah, um, and I've been there many times. <laughs> um, and it's, but I got feeling, got feeling, things are going to click for Chelsea against Bournemouth. Mm-hmm. And I am a betting man, and I would put both teams to score with Chelsea winning. I think because I think we are due to score a few goals. And I think with people like Raheem Sterling's being rested and a few yeah. people who have been rested and maybe even Reese James might be back, I think Chelsea could kick on.
2: Personally, I think we've got such a difficult start to the season. Mm. So, of course, drawn to lost to um, Liverpool and Spurs, you don't expect they're bonus games, really. And yeah. I've got to say, Chelsea is a bonus game as is arsenal who are coming up um the other side of a game against brighton um away which isn't
3: easy do you know what i would say to you though because i know you guys <coughs> are worried about um relegation i'll say this to any team fearing that is that all you've got to worry about are three worst sides yeah so for example luton and sheffield united no disrespect to them both but at the moment they are looking like the two worst sides aren't they yeah, so there's just going to be another side that goes down so then you think okay there's a 7 to 1 shot it's going to be you you know mm-hmm. there's probably 7 or 8 teams that could fit into that category and then you've yes. got 10 teams that financially won't mm-hmm. so I always think if you're worried about going down like my friend's a Brentford supporter and he's like oh I'm still worried about going down it's like don't be stupid there are 3 worse teams than you are come on Mm -hmm. Brentford are going to be a mid-table for the next few years. So, there are always going to be three worse teams than Brentford. So, I think, as a Bournemouth fan, I would look at it positively and go, there there are three worse teams than Bournemouth over the 38 games.
2: Yeah, I I can't disagree with that. I think, you know, Everton look poor.
3: Oh, poor, yeah.
2: Sheffield United, you know, I... I don't really rate Sheffield United at the moment. They did all right against Man City, actually.
3: Yeah, um, they did.
2: I was quite impressed with them then. Um, and I think Luton have got a lot of heart. Mm. They'll put up a fight. They'll yeah. surprise a couple of teams. Is it going to be enough? Unfortunately, I don't think it will be. But No, I think you never enough.
3: know. kenilworth Rose. Yeah, it could be a a tough place to go to. They haven't played at home yet, have they? So, oh no, played against West Ham. Mm -hmm. (coughs) In fact, they should have got a penalty to make it to all. Um, could be a tough place to go to. They could, I think, Luton have got to look at the sides above them that they can get the three points from, and the top six, seven, eight sides that they're not going to get points from. Mm -hmm. So, they've got to focus on those games that are six pointers already. I think
2: I won't bet against my own side, but to be honest, I'm going to be more realistic. Mm. Um, and I'm going to turn around and say, you know, I'd be happy with a point, a one draw, right. a one all draw, but I can't see us beating Chelsea because Chelsea will be coming back off the back of a defeat, you know, yeah. wanting to get back to winning ways. Mm. We haven't won so far. Um, I think once we are at this tough spell, which you know, let's be honest, every game's tough in the Premier League. I every think. game's tough. But I think we'll pick up the points that we need. And Iriola's tenure can really start from that point onwards, and we can yeah, see what it. he can really do.
3: I'm going to give you my score prediction, 3-1 Chelsea. Sorry, 3-1.
2: <laughs> No, that's fair enough. I'm going to go for a one-all draw, but I'm not going to bet against us. But I no, can't see the three points. Can't see the three points, to be honest. I'll be happy see, with a point.
3: Yeah, if, if it's going to be a draw, I, I tell you what, yeah, a draw would be... Let's see, see see, what it's like on the day. Like I said, Chelsea are, are ready to strike at any time, so it could be against Bournemouth.
2: Nah, fair enough. Well, Michael, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on this show. All the That's very, it. very best. Really enjoyed whatever it. whatever you put your hand to. And yeah, likewise... Really, really enjoyed it. Um, Loved the soccer age story and you know the memories as well. Of yeah, that. great memories. And um, yeah, do do remind us what is coming up for Michael Greco?
3: So I'm, I'm in the new Hunger Games film, which starts soon. It's a it's a prequel to the trilogy. It's about um, um, Donald Sutherland, who was the lead in the first one. It's his story, backstory. So I play one of the one of the dads uh, of the kids. Um, I'm doing um, a tour of 12 Angry Men, which goes on tour from November onwards around the country. So hopefully it'll come towards Bournemouth. And got two or, <clears throat> two or three other things coming out as well. So it's, um, yeah, my acting career starting to kick off again, which is great.
2: Excellent stuff. Well, all the very, very best. And no doubt, we'll keep in contact. And, Absolutely. Um, yeah, when the reverse picture comes up, Um, might have to get you back on again Michael absolutely, definitely thanks so much mate, all the very, very best
3: cheers and thank you
2: everybody for joining us on this show please remember to hit the like, the subscribe, the bell button leave your comments below as well do check out all of our recent shows, we've had loads of interviews throughout our time on YouTube and we're going to be doing a lot more as well so do check those out Please also do visit our Instagram page as well, as well as our Facebook page as well, which will have all the details that you need to know about the channel. But until the next show, up the cherries and we'll see you in the next one. Thank you for joining us.